Hi everyone, Caitlin McGray is here, founder of Be Her Village, and I am joined by Laura Otten, a licensed clinical social worker from Therapy for Motherhood. Hi, Laura. Hi. And Evelyn Page, a licensed clinical social worker in practice in Huntington. Right? You're in Huntington now? Mm-hmm. Wonderful. And both are on the Be Her Village website. Uh, we're here to talk about the quarantine <laughs> and the mental health issues surrounding the quarantine. So what are you guys seeing in your practice from the women that you're working with? Uh, I know I've been seeing common themes now and not, and they're mirroring my own experiences as well, which speaks to how we're in the same boat with this. So I started noticing that this past week, it, it felt like week three and the mood had shifted and this past week was, okay, this is the new normal. And I'm starting to lose my mind. <laughs> like this is feeling like the early postpartum days. I kept hearing that kind of those like bleary long days of, um, you know, the first couple of weeks postpartum, the isolation, that common theme. But then also this feeling of like, okay, so this is my world now. What do, what do I need to shift? What do I need to tweak? So my partner, my kids, and myself, we're getting what we need out of this. Because this isn't a one or two week thing. This might not even be a month thing. This is months. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to talk about that today of like, okay, yeah. what are these tweaks that we need to add into our days to make this more manageable? That's great. Are you seeing the same things, Evelyn? Yeah, I feel like every, since that first week, there's kind of been that theme of like, okay, like what is what is going on? Like kind of week one, week two of just like, I don't know if I can do this. And then like Laura said last week, there was a lot more of like, okay, I've kind of figured out a routine and here I am kind of balancing like my work, my partner's work, kids at home. Um, and a lot of uncertainty was coming up. And so I, I also work a lot with um, just women that have struggled with infertility. So that theme of like the uncertainty came up of like, I don't know how to deal with uncertainty, but oh wait, I have dealt with uncertainty and like kind of going through IVF cycles or waiting to find out if I got pregnant. And yes, this is a very different situation, but a lot of people kind of finding their own resources of, yes, I have dealt with uncertainty at some point. Absolutely. And starting going into this week where people are um, kind of stop thinking about like how long this is going to be. And just like Laura said, like, this is kind of just the new normal and we're adjusting to this. Definitely. I, everything it sounds like some feedback. Um, everything you guys are saying sounds echoes my own experience where it was like the first week, it was just so much confusion and, and there was a change every single day in the news cycle. The second week felt like absolute utter crisis. The world was falling apart. And now I'm in this new place where I'm literally like thinking about how to break up the monotony. Like how do I make the morning different from the afternoon? How do I make Monday through Friday different from Saturday and Sunday? Because Mm -hmm. the options for how I used to do that are so limited. You know, there's not family events. There's not visiting friends. There's not play dates. There's not date nights and babysitters. I just, I just got into this like wonderful place in my life where I was hiring babysitters and hosting parties and like really prioritizing my social life. (laughs) And the universe was like, nope, (laughs) that's all finished. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. I was like, I liked my life and things were going okay. And, and with a lot of my moms, they were getting to a really good 
place and feeling that way of like, all right, things are better. And then this not really knocked us all down. Um, but as, as Evelyn said, you know, when she's talking about the people who are going through infertility, what we do as therapists is, you know, helping to draw on the strengths that we have and the experiences that we have had and what's worked because we don't need to like reinvent the wheel here. So even though we've never gone through this and I heard the word unprecedented, like, oh my gosh, a dozen times a, a day. Times. So sick of that. Um, so it is unprecedented. However, we have had endless days before. We've had scary times before. We've had uncertainty. We've had strain before. So it's like, okay, well, what worked then? What can you kind of um, reimagine now to be using? What, what coping skills? And for a lot of us, um, the new moms, they might be coping skills before kids because when kids come, your hobbies go out, your relationship with your husband or your partner might be um, in a different place. So it's like, all right, how, like you said, how do we break the day up to be more manageable and what can we be doing throughout the day and then the evening to be feeling better? Because this is the reality. And I, I, that's, I think it was the second week, I wanted to throw a tantrum. I felt like my toddler, just like, I want to stomp my feet and scream and say, I don't like this. I, I don't want to do this anymore. I can't do this. Make it stop. Mm -hmm. And now that the tantrum's over, it's like, okay, I've ranted and raved and now I need to settle into this. Right. Yeah. That's exactly it. Like the end of the second week, I was just like, I don't want to do this anymore. Like I want to I'm go back hard. to my life that like Laura, like you said, like I had kind of set up my life, how I liked it and I was like settling into a new routine um you know between just kind of like starting my own business and having my kids off at daycare and then you know all that went out the window I find that like a a divide almost and not that I ever want to like sow division but I really liked my life before the pandemic and I maybe the pandemic and the quarantine is helping me see how much I liked it, but I had worked really, really hard to strike a balance of my kids, my marriage, my friends, my work, my family, right. and my downtime and my alone time and my family time. And I feel like I've been speaking to people and some people, you know, it's like, oh, we should all be grateful for slowing down and we should be grateful for this. And we, you know, and a part of me is kind of like, well, I don't want to be grateful <laughs> because I was slowed. Like I had done the personal work too slow. I had prioritized. I had, you know, and I find almost the people who are, and maybe it's just like, they're seemingly enjoying it, but they're not really, but the people who are like so grateful for all of these challenges, maybe it's because they weren't you know, they weren't so happy with their life before. So there is this, but I, I don't know, there's like this sense of like, some people are filled with gratitude, or at least it seems like it. And I'm a little bit like, you know, I'm not really that grateful <laughs> for this time because, and I am, I'm enjoying my family, I'm enjoying my kids, but there's, I don't know, like, I, I didn't feel like I needed to slow down. I felt like I was really happy with the balance I had struck. And I, and I also feel personally like I had taken, like, seven years to get to that balance. Yeah. And then as soon as I struck it, like, the world ended. <laughs> so, I don't know. I'm trying not to take that personally, too. <laughs> is this something you guys are seeing, like, a different reaction from different people? Is is it a universal collective response? I mean, I think there's a collective anxiety, certainly, and boredom and discomfort sure. and grief. Um, 
but yeah, how do you, how do we move forward? What does that look like moving forward? I know for me, little things like this, getting dressed <laughs> seems so basic, but it helps so much because the days that you don't get dressed, you just, I just am like a lump. Even if I'm yeah, it's just like very right blah. Oh my god, it's like mm -hmm. you don't even. I look at pictures of myself. Oh my god, I used to look good, you know. <laughs> so, what kind of things can women who are now in this new phase of okay, this is life, right? Like this is going to be. It's not going to be over in a week. It might be over in a month. It might be over in six months. But what can we do moving forward to kind of adjust to this new normal, whether we wanted to be here or not? I know I, what I've said, I think I said to every single one of the women I work with and to myself this week was, I need time for me. And it really struck me when last week I was like, okay, I'm going to exercise. I, I used to, that was a huge coping skill for me pre-pandemic, huge for me. So and I'd stopped in that like two, three week, like panic tantrum I had. So I did it and then I'm like noticing the dust underneath the, um, the table I had in the room and then my child is on, you know, watching TV. So I feel guilty about that. So my mind was spinning with, I should be engaging with her or I should be cleaning or, you know, I'm spending this precious toddler nap time doing exercise. I came and enjoy it. So then it was like, oh my, and then I see all of my clients and I'm talking to them about like, you still need you time. And you used to have that, whether it was on your commute, whether it was going to the gym or, um, you know, just that break in the day when you get home from work, whatever it was, you had it. You know, I, I work on that in therapy with my clients to, to create that even early postpartum time. And um, I'm not getting that for myself now, and they're not getting it. So we're, we're constantly with our family. We're constantly either being mom or professional, kind of professional, uh, slummy As professional, professional as we professional can be. Professional from up. From here up. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and then trying to manage the house, not to mention the anxieties and the, you know, trying to do the food and the isolation piece of it. So it was like, okay talking to the partner about like the partner needs time for him or herself to do a hobby or an activity or sit in the car alone with a snack or, oh or God, whatever it so is fun. <laughs> where they're not thinking about the dust under the table or the you know, the kid being on TV or screen time, you know, it, it really needs to be separate from that. And um, whether that is picking up an old hobby and bringing it back or going for a ride around the neighborhood or a walk by yourself, it's something where you're not wife, partner, or mom, or professional, where you're just you. And so that's something I've been working on for myself as well. Sounds really healthy. What about you, Evelyn? What are you finding is working for you or for your clients? Yeah, I am. Um... I mean, that, the whole idea of creating a routine was really important for so many of my clients and then myself also, like at the end of that second week where my partner, my husband and I kind of sat down and like, okay, this is like kind of what we have to do. And we came up with a really rough schedule with just like things that we can do in the morning, things that the, well, that the kids can do because we have two little ones at home and kind of what the afternoon would look like and just have options. So, you know, whether it's like, you know, coloring time, um, arts and crafts time, outside time, just so that we had something to go to if we just sort of came to a loss of like, okay, what do we do now? We can just kind of look on our little board on the fridge and be like, okay, we can do this. Or, you know, and then I kind of, I love to cook and that is something that has always been very like soothing to me. So I've like started like 
just having them help me cook, which they did before a little bit, but now we have like cooking classes um, so they can mix and pour things in. And I also just kind of let it go, like let the mess go. Like they're going to get messy and it's fine. I've got plenty of time to clean it up. So it doesn't really matter how messy the kitchen gets. Um, so that's been really helpful too, like having a routine, but having it be very flexible yeah. too, so that there's just, it's kind of like a go-to thing, um, but not, not nothing like super structured. So I don't feel like I'm going to fail at something else. If I don't complete those rigid schedules on yeah. social media that were like eight to eight thirty, like nine to 10. And then I saw, so that happened for a few days and then there was this huge backlash and all I could see was like, you know, each kids alive. Crashing, like canceled, just, yeah. or like, you know, everything's just like screen time and eating snacks. And, mm -hmm. and there's this happy medium, like you said, right. of just this is flexible. Here are some ideas. If the kids are happy, let them be. Mm -hmm. <laughs> just let it be. That's one of my like number one rule. Like if everyone's playing happy, even if I want to go for a walk or do whatever, I'm like, nope, just let it be until someone starts to throw a tantrum or gets fussy. Yeah. <laughs> it will change. And but I know for flexible is so important. Yeah. And okay. for us on this past Monday, actually, we completely threw a routine out the window because over the weekend, as we were cleaning up just random parts of the house, we actually found, um, I don't, I have no idea where they came from. And, and this house is pretty old. My in-laws had lived here before. There's a box of N95 masks mm -hmm. that we found in our basement that were brand new, like 10 masks. And I have um, a very good friend who's a nurse. And I know their supplies are running out. So on Monday, um, I took the kids in the car and I said, we're going to go on a little road trip because we have not left the house in the past three weeks. And I went to our friend's house and I dropped them off at her doorstep and we chatted a little bit through the screen. And it just kind of, it totally, like totally broke up the day, which was really nice. And I think I also needed kind of, it was like weird to be in a car even um, and drive somewhere for 20 minutes. So we did that. And it was like nice because like, you know, at least I could talk with my four-year-old about like, we're doing something to help somebody. And like, she doesn't have like a concept really of what's going on. Um, but it was like a nice thing to do. And, you know, it, I mean, it really did kind of, and like our nap time got thrown off a little bit, but it was fine because it was like a fun, like little adventure to do. I had a similar, I, we found 10, uh, 10, I guess they come in packages of 10. We yeah. found a package of N95s and I dropped them off at two different midwives houses. Um, one at one throw up and one at Huntington and driving was like, I all, it almost felt like I forgot. Like I knew, yeah. I know how to, it's like riding a bike, but it was really, really strange. Yeah. yeah um, one surreal. of the things, Laura, that you just kind of hit on, I wanted to talk about is this pressure on parents to homeschool. And moms. Now, pressure on moms. To thank yeah. you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I am, by the way, opting out of that. I'm not homeschooling my children with any of the things that their teachers are sending. And I've sent messages to the teachers, thanking them for their hard work and telling them that we're doing our own thing. Um, but my husband, I wanted to kind of mention it because my husband is a teacher. So he is, so it's interesting to get both sides of it, right? So he's there working all day, every day, creating content, sending assignments, trying to help his parents of the special needs children that he works with who have a hard time learning in person and it's basically impossible virtually. So he's more supporting the parents with everything. He's trying to work to justify his 
salary and justify his position right now because that is essentially what he has to do. And the parents are drowning. All the parents are drowning. Nobody's okay because the teachers are producing all of this content just to justify their salaries, just to try and produce something for their administrators. And there's this huge disconnect between what the administrators are requiring of teachers and what parents actually want. The vast, vast majority of the parents that he has interacted with and the people that I have spoken to in my own community are completely inundated and overwhelmed with the amount of work that is sent home. People are asking for less. I personally, from my, my oldest son's school, he like, we hadn't even, I hadn't even taken a breath yet. I hadn't even exhaled yet with the news of everything that was happening. I was still in full, full crisis mode. And I was getting emails about homework being due. (laughs) I remember being like, Oh no, no, (laughs) that's, that's not the priority right now. I think you described yourself as a fainting goat last (laughs) week or two weeks ago. And I I read that and I was just like, oh, bless. Like I can completely picture just like panic. Just any amount of stress and I just fall over onto the couch and I don't move until the stress is gone. (laughs) I get up for happy hour and I go back to the couch. It's really not not the healthiest. Not the healthiest. (laughs) But it's where I was and I was I was trying to let it ride and not judge it. But like it's there's so much pressure on women, on moms to most of us were working, right? But even if you're yep. not working, regardless of your situation, homeschooling, the way I look at it, I'm like, I did not sign up for this. This is not what I signed up for for my children. I don't believe that virtual learning is I'm like, I already have an issue on a separate pre-pandemic level with virtual learning and screen time and the emphasis of technology and data and all of that and not this in-person hands-on learning so then to go to 100% overnight the pressure is just overwhelming I think for the teachers to produce and then the parents to try and implement it and and I love that you said like let's focus on their mental health let's go for a drive I mean how much are your your children learning Evelyn in that mom found something that's really valuable and we're going to go do a good deed. We're going right. to go in the car. We're going to give, you know, we could hoard these. What They would have learned a different lesson if you were like, mm-hmm. oh, I found these. Let me hoard them so that, you know, mm-hmm. so that we can have them if anything happens. No, yeah. there's people that need them right now mm-hmm. and giving them, they probably learned so much more in that one trip than they'll learn all yeah. year before. Yeah, it was, I mean, so mine are little. Um, I mean, they're not in like, I mean, they're in daycare preschool right now. So like my four-year-old had just started like phonics at school at which she was really excited about. And so I was kind of sad, like, oh, she's not going to get to go to her phonics class. Um, so I, you know, I went online, I printed out a few of like the the letter tracing things and we do them here and there when she gets excited about phonics and wanting to learn like this week like we're sort of doing the letter a um but you know we do that for 10 minutes and then when she's done she's done i'm not gonna push her to keep tracing letters or finding words that start with the letter a um when she remembers she remembers and we praise it and she gets excited and that's it like she's four like i'm not gonna Mm -hmm. I'm not going to push much more than that. And if I can think of like her, her name ends with the letter A or actually both my daughter's names end with the letter A. So when they remember it, I'm like, yay, that's an A. And that's it. You're you know? done for the week. You got no, it. Otherwise it's kind of like, let's just pull out the sticker books and put stickers all over this piece of paper. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. And it's an arts and crafts project. It's sticker time. And 
that's it you know and the rest of the time it's just like it is kind of free play Mm -hmm. um which I do think kids need anyway like they don't need so much structure yeah you know so that's what that's kind of how we've handled my little one is only she's not even two so she just does whatever her big sister does yeah (laughs) um I one quote one of my clients said the best you know she was struck she is a couple of older ones and um it it was feeling that pressure and she says something like you know she was trying to talk with me about that balance and she's like you know I really just I'm trying to create a loving and caring home first but but and then she's going on I'm like whoa let's like rewind and let me just repeat that back like you're trying to create a loving and caring home period and that comes first. And it was like, well, yeah, of course. And no matter what age, so like I, I'm in a similar boat to Evelyn, like I don't have that pressure, but I have friends and I have clients who, who do, and I've been hearing a lot of that. The foundation here, the number one priority is that your kids are healthy and safe and are learning, if they are anxious, are learning skills on how to manage that. So a loving and caring home. And then the school stuff will get there, but like that's not the most important thing here. So I think remembering that to take the pressure off, I'm not saying like if you have middle schoolers and high schoolers and you know, that looks a little different than the four and five and six year olds, but um, it should still be the same of a loving and caring home. If your child's struggling right now, stress and anxiety, just as I would talk to someone and talk to myself of, all right, well, what do I have control over? All right, we have these masks. I'm going to help donate these masks to people who need it. Or, you know, we are okay financially. I'm going to donate money. And hey, do you want to donate money to the, you know, to the older child? Like, what do I have control over? let me do that. The most important thing right now is keeping ourselves healthy. So we're not adding to the burden on the healthcare workers. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're talking to our kids about that. And then the school stuff, if, you know, with the younger kids, when they want to do it and they're excited by it and making games out of it, my child was collecting pine cones. So we were doing math problems with my pine cones and then she got sick of it. And so we moved on. Loving, caring home first. I love that. I think it's great for the people who are struggling most with the schooling right now, if that's like the point of the day that everyone is dreading and there's this, there's this flashpoint of, you know, conflict surrounding it. It's nice to hear from mental health professionals that are moms themselves, that it's okay to let that go. It's okay to prioritize the health, the mental health, the physical health of your children. Yeah. I mean, I've also heard from a lot of teacher friends that, they're also expecting kids to regress. Like they're not expecting whenever we do go back to school, they're not expecting kids to be exactly where they, where they should be time-wise. They know they're going to have to go back and review all of this stuff. So they're not, nobody's expecting all of these parents to somehow overnight have gotten a teaching degree and know how to teach and know how to homeschool, which is like a whole different animal than sending your kids off to school. Um, I've even heard from teachers who are like, I never wanted to homeschool my own kids and I'm a teacher. So that's me. I do have a teaching degree, but I don't want to use it because I really believe in child-led play-based learning and I, you know, for my own mental health and for their mental health, because my children are going through a stressful time. I mean, this whole mm -hmm. thing is a crisis. I saw a meme that I think best captured it. It was something like, we're not working from home. We're mm-hmm. at home during a crisis trying to work 
<laughs> it's like there's, there's a reason you don't take your kids just to, to work with you every day because yes. you can't do two jobs at once. Yes, no way. So, and a good perspective to take that I've been trying to think about for myself too is like when we look back on this a year from now or look back from this 20, 30 years from now, like I try, you know, imagine like your grandkid coming to you to doing a report in school and they're asking you about the pandemic of 2020. Like, well, I made my, your mother do her flashcards every day. <laughs> like, yeah. and she learned her multiplication tables. Like, no, like we, we will want, and I would want this story, this narrative to be one that we gave when we could, um, we supported others. We tried to stay safe. It was scary. We lost people. Um, maybe we'll lose loved ones. I hope not. But we want this to be a story of, of love and survival and the lessons we took away from it of what's really valuable, what's really important to us. And I think about that too of the healthcare workers and how they're not, so many of them aren't with their kids right now. So my house is a mess. I want to rip my hair out sometimes, but I'll take that over an empty house where I can keep everything clean. Um, right. My mom's echo that too. It, it goes back to Kaylin, what you were saying of like, I don't feel grateful about this. I think we all feel grateful and resentful of this at the same time. And it's okay. And we <laughs> yeah. are complex creatures and we can do that. And that's actually a wonderful thing because it, it honors both of those sides. It's saying, you know what? I can feel grateful, grateful for all this, but I'm also human. And when my child is, you know, fighting with each other and throwing tantrums, no, I'm not happy in that moment and feeling grateful for them. <laughs> but overall, I feel both of these things at the same time. Um, yeah. And, and that's okay. Yeah. I love okay. that. Cause we are capable of holding different emotions at the same time. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're doing right now. There's so much going on that we're holding all of this all together. And we can do that. We're able to, to do that and we'll figure out a way through it. That's beautiful. Thank you guys so much for creating the space and offering some validation and some personal experience mm -hmm. and for making the time for this. So, and thank all of you for watching and listening. We will be back next week with next more week. content. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks. Bye. Bye.